You are listening to Resident Advisors Exchange. I'm Martha. Thank you for being here with us. On this edition of the podcast, RA's partnership with Black Minds Matter continues. Black Minds Matter is a charity on a mission to connect black individuals and families with free mental health services by professional black therapists. Black Minds Matter are currently looking for 21,000 long-term donors who are able to donate £5 a month. With your support, they can take real steps towards achieving their goal of creating a lasting impact on the face of black mental health. There are links in the description of this podcast if you are able to help. Every month in 2021, we'll celebrate a black-owned creative electronic music project by hearing their story on the podcast, on the site, and by offering some financial support. You can find the full details of RA's partnership with Black Minds Matter at ra.co forward slash about forward slash community. All right, let me fill you in on this month's episode. Vanessa Maria is back to interview Jojo Shonaby, an event programmer, graphic designer and archivist who set up the London party Recess and black radio platform No Signal. Music and like, you know, maybe like film are two things that just bring people together consistently, you know. If we're more in touch with our ancestral cultures, you can really feel it. And if we're just like well-learned when it comes to other cultures, you can still appreciate and feel it as well. No Signal came to life over lockdown. Its programming aims to reflect the black diaspora as a whole. Their 10v10 series, where DJs represent for iconic artists by selecting tracks from their catalogue and presenting them in a battle format on air, with the winner decided by Twitter users who declare the strongest track in each round, brought in over 200,000 listeners, cementing No Signal as a key platform. In this conversation, you'll hear Jojo and Vanessa speak about the process of starting a radio station in lockdown, the importance of protecting your peace, and navigating imposter syndrome. Hey, what's good? It's Vanessa Maria here, and I'm welcoming you back to another special edition of RA Exchange in collaboration with Black Minds Matter. I'm a DJ, broadcaster, and digital marketeer at Sony for Black Butter Records, and today I'm joined by Jojo Shonaby. He's a London-based multi-founder and event creator, a man of many talents. We're talking graphic design, photography, event organizing, and he's the founder of not one, but three businesses. No Signal Radio, Black in the Day, and London's favorite event brand and party series, Recess. Hi, Jojo. So, good afternoon, Vanessa. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very well, thank you, man. It's a lovely Sunday. Kind of gusty, you know what I mean? But, you know, how are you doing? I'm good. I've, I've been well. You know, there's one question I ask all my guests, which is, what made you smile today? Um, I was watching a film with my family. And like the film was just so funny and like so many so many different ways. And I was like, you know, I'm having a, I'm having a great time. So that's what makes me smart today. How about yourself? 
Oh, that's. Am I allowed to ask you questions back? Yeah, to... you can ask me questions back. What? What? Um. Wait. Before. Before I answer. What? What film were you watching? It was called The Ghost and the Tower. Yeah, it's a Nollywood film, but it's on Netflix. Oh, Nollywood! I need to get into that. Yeah. My friend's been t- talking to me about it for yeah. ages. Oh, I need to start. I need to get into it. Like for me, what made me smile today is probably that like, the clocks went forward. I feel like we're almost at the end of the tunnel. Like we can see the light. That things are starting yeah. to feel like they're getting back to some form of normality. Um, yeah. Where Where were you like this time last year? Like where were you at? How did you feel? And what were you working on? As in this current date, this time last year. Yeah, like um, roughly this time. You know, like a year, like a year ago, a year from lockdown. Yeah. Um. I, I was just. I think we just literally started. Um. The first week of just doing like like DJ sets and audio streams on No Signal, of just doing like two hours a day, and um, we're just trying to find um, I think maybe even just kind of discovered that we can do like um ten v ten, like the idea of ten v ten, but hadn't been done. It was just ideas and it was just a lot of conversations with like friends, like yo, you were saying, like, you know what I'm saying. Like, it was just a lot of just time of being. My room on the phone on the PlayStation on the phone, we, you know what I mean? Just yeah, yeah, very um, very uh, what's the word? Planning. What's what's another word for just planning? You're hustling. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, on the phone for just a long time. Oh yeah, and house party as well. House party. Stra- you're like strategizing. Is that the word? Strategizing. There we go. Yeah, strategy, strategy. When I was looking at your journey and stuff, I realized you're like a serial entrepreneur you're like a creative strategist like you haven't worked a full-time job since you were sacked from Topshop in 2014 is that correct yes sir (laughs) (laughs) so so you're like a strategist and a hustler how how has lockdown affected the grind for you in that sense um yeah it was like before lockdown we was like thick in the events game and you know we were looking to expand and you know do big things or bigger things, or, you know, and it was just like, it was kind of like crushing a little bit, but at the same time, it was like, oh, damn, like, we can still keep in contact with the people and keep them entertained, because we really know how to live stream sets and stuff, but, yeah, how's man going to make money, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't mind signing on, but then, when I went to go sign on, they're like, yeah, you can't because like you're a student. Because you're studying at the time, isn't it? And then I was like, nah, that is a bit unfortunate. You know, my family were like, you know, you're like keep your head up kind of thing, you know. Cause yeah, it's peak, you know what I mean? And um I remember my dad was telling me, Yeah, just jump on YouTube, man. Hashtag influencer. Uh, you know what I mean? He's like, Yeah, right, you can make money over views and that and I was like, oh, bro, like it takes a while for you to get that 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 moment you to be making bread off like you know visual content on YouTube, and um obviously we started this thing that was the, the no signal thing in it, and then um I was ten v ten, and that's what we started getting attention. I was told my dad, I feel like yeah, I'm getting closer to to like a, a breakthrough where we can make some new some income again. And he was like, yeah, cool. And obviously, I was telling them the, the progress and they were just like, you know, they were happy in it. But I feel like I've just, I've 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm like zoomed. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. So it's like you, it's, it sounds like it started like organically um, and you sort of like, you had the idea, you, there was pressures because you didn't, you didn't know where you're going to like make your money from. You couldn't sign on. And then like it, it popped off because no signal, it, it became like the place for black British people. It was like a cult, it's a cultural hub now. Like it's a space where we come together. It's like a, it's a community. Um, and yeah, massive congratulations on everything that you, you have achieved. Cause you know, you had, I don't even know where to start from. You recently, your days feature, um, vibes, obviously Wizkid was a moment, class of 2020, yeah. Georgia Smith. Yeah. But I think more impressively is just the consistent quality of programming, like and the yeah, the consistency of it. Has it been difficult to to schedule that in? Yeah, well, like yeah, most definitely, most definitely, because um, like when we were doing parties, we didn't have to do much because we like our our parties are kind of in the center. Do you know what I mean? So. You kind of play a bit of everything, but you're not in a particular lane. Like we're not like a strictly house party or a strict like fashion party. Like, we'll play all of those things in one night. So it means that we can be a little bit creative, but at the same time, we can't go deep into the bags. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously after all the DJs and all the people on the team, we all have our own black uh pots, um, our what's it called? Our our taste our taste that that goes into different places, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Our taste goes into like different types of genres and all that stuff. And some people are more like deeper than others. For example, like, you know, before lockdown, um people knew Triple A for like just being a great DJ, but didn't know about that he was he loves reggae and he has a deep knowledge of reggae. Or and he loves slow jams and R and B has a deep knowledge of R and B. And that manifested through him having his reggae show on a Sunday and the slow jams of A on a Sunday evening. Do you know what I mean? And like stuff like that is why we really enjoyed like, you know, programming the first early shows of no, of no Signal because, you know, we reached out to people we knew. A lot of the people that we that are on the station are people that we knew or known already. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, it's, it's so exciting. It's like finding some finally work together, you know? Because a lot of people have been like, yo, I want to DJ recess, but like, really got the pattern there. Like, you know, mm. it's quite a solid pattern. It's, it's like, we've got the same five DJs, but they just go multi genre, so they just switch whatever set they want to play. You know what I mean? So even though it's the same DJs, but you, the set could, the set can vary. Like, a, a hip hop set from AAA would sound different to a hip hop set from someone like RBC or Dunch. They'll have similar things, but there'll still be a difference in it. But those are differences. Those are the only things that we can tell as people close up to the minute. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So uh, a lot of the programming is just with people that we know. Um, for example, like Tony Supreme, known us for like five years. And, you know, he's never said that I'll have to work on recess, but it's more of a thing where I, I've always liked what he's done with Soul Search. So I was like, you're Tony, man. Like, one of those, like, I'd love to have you on a Saturday morning, you know, just run this. You know, like wake up vibes. You know what I mean? And you know that's been a show. It's been a, been there for a year, a year now. You know, and it's it's not like it was it was a, yeah, the first show of the year yesterday. Oh, we celebrated wow. his one year anniversary. You know, a couple of people celebrated one one year anniversary. And um, yeah, like it's a mainstay. You know, and um, 
So I think the hardest part about programming is kind of like finding the flow. You want to create a flow for the day, you know, and each day you want each day to have its own thing. You want you want, you want people to know what to expect when they first play, when they log onto the website or open the app, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, so yeah, that's the that's probably the hardest thing, just finding that flow. Um, but you, but we dictate the flow. Yeah, like if you're as a programmer, you you have you decide how you want people to interact or how you want people to feel throughout a certain period of time within the hours of like you know the, the hours that you have that you want to program something for. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's an hour, whether it's three hours or fifteen hours, you know, you're in control. And um, yeah, I think the hardest part is just kind of like you know finding the flow you want to do. I found we found the flow we want for week yeah, we found the flow we want for weekends. We found the flow for weeknights and weekend nights, you know. What I'm yeah, hundred percent. And it's very it's very eclectic, like the music that gets played on No Signal and I saw like a little graphic that you made which like was like a tube map. And yeah. it reminded me yeah. of like you kind of just get you get on and you get off where you wanna you know, yeah. you wanna stop because you yeah, find yeah. you find your space. So where where do you get yeah, off? Exactly that. Where do you get off like the most? <laughs> Are you allowed to say? Um, to be fair, I always get on at mornings, obviously, like all the time. That's literally when I'm getting ready. I have that on on in the shower, like all the time. Um, and usually I find myself listening to the lunchtime shows or the mid afternoon like mixed shows, mm-hmm. and. Around three to five, six, that's when I probably got more meetings, so I'm just more sticking to work. But more time in the office, we'll have it on uh, throughout the whole day. But I love, like, especially, like, on a, on all the weeknights, to be fair, Monday to Thursday, is, like, the R&B and jazz, like, from 11. Mm-hmm. And that's nice, like, in the, in the car home or just chilling downstairs in the living room, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I love that. Like, I'm always there. You know what I'm saying? You catch me there on that, <laughs> on that line. You know what I'm saying? So music is like obviously the center of a lot of the work that you do, um, and it's managed to bring a lot of people together. Why do you think that music creates that sense of togetherness? Um, I think it's it's one of those languages a lot of people speak common languages in it. I mean, yeah, we speak English in that, but at the same time, you know, music can spark like a conversation. Obviously, not all of us, all of us speak English, but. Me and you right now, and it's you know, like in London, like <laughs> really, but yeah, like, um, for, like music is what conversations that will last like forever, not forever a long time. But the music will also like allow people that who don't even might not speak the same language, like you know, verbal language, like they can still have a have a connection via music. You know what I mean? And um, music is obviously like a healer, an entertainer. It's you know, it's, it's a form of like you know expression, form of freedom. It's, it's so many things in it. Do you know what I mean? Especially black music. There's so many strands of it, and it, it goes way back. You know, and some of us can feel that journey in certain sounds, and we resonate with it so much. You know, if we're more in touch with our with our ancestral cultures, we can really feel it. Some. And if we're just like well learned when it comes to other cultures, you can still appreciate and feel it as well. And it's it's just such a like it's literally probably like yeah, music and like you know maybe like film or two things that just bring people together consistently. You know, it brings us together. For example, like on 
social media, you know. Oh, have you watched this? Yes, I watched this. Oh, all that stuff, you know. Yeah, definitely. What music shaped your upbringing and have you grown up in like a musical family? Like, was that something that you grew up on and is that why you sort of took this path or was it something that you've done more as an individual? So growing up, um, I saw my dad's like playing drum in the church. Do you know what I'm saying? And it used to be really gassy. And then when we was in Sunday school, like my brother, you know, he was really good at drums and he, he um, we, we did like, you know, performing arts at school, primary school, but secondary school. Oh, you were an actor? And, um, no, no, I was an actor. I just enjoyed doing it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I really enjoyed doing it. I thought, like, I was good at it, but I wasn't, it wasn't my dream to be an actor at all. I just enjoyed, I just enjoyed acting and, you know, being around that. I loved it. But, um, like, so when, you know, as we grew older in church, you know, um, we, my dad obviously started his own church and his own parish, so, you know, his own church, his own parish, whatever. And um, so it's it small, isn't it? So, you know, you take up a few responsibilities. So I always wanted to learn how to drum. So I learned how to drum, in it? So I can play drums. What drums? Really? What drum? Like, yeah. like, like a drum kit? Like, yeah, like a drum set, yeah. Like, no way! I grew up playing yeah. Repunica, like Brazilian drums in school. Oh, wow. Yeah, loved it. Still. Yeah. So the drums got so, you? Yeah, yeah. So I learned how to play that. My brother obviously played keys. Um, my, two sisters, my two sisters sing. So obviously being around music, um, in terms of music we listened to growing up, we saw the stuff on on TV and yeah, TV because reading really the radio was always dominated by my parents. They'll play like just like Nigerian gospel tapes. So grew up on a lot of like Nigerian gospel and obviously Nigerian secular music, secular music as well. So like there's certain things and people are like, oh my gosh, like you know like how a lot of nineties babies are like you know yeah R and B the nineties and two thousands they know everything like you know it's like a personality trait like so there's some songs where I'm like yeah I don't really have a connection to this song like you guys do because purely because I didn't listen to like a lot of like radio because my parents always listen to like Nigerian radio so I just know Nigerian songs or like there's a gospel tape so I just know bare Nigerian songs you know what I mean? yeah. but yeah but yeah man like obviously like, I, I love music in it so from the from the drumming, did you ever have a rock phase? Like any like Lincoln Park kind of thing going on? <laughs> um, you know what's mad? I, I wasn't like when I was appreciating that like, rock and stuff. I, my my entree to rock was them American team movies mm. like, from the early two thousands, and then the crossover. So like when Diddy did one with like Song Forty One, I think it was. Numb was it Numb? Oh no, it was it was Lincoln Park Numb Encore. It was from the album. Yeah, Encore. that yeah, yeah yeah that one as well. Jay-Z on, but did he did one of them? I forgot who it was. But, oh, did he did one? No uh, way. Yeah, yeah, he did one. He did one still. I might need yeah, to find go that. Go with nowhere. We oh, that was forever. a banger. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's lit. Yeah, so like, it's stuff like that that was put me towards it. And then even Gym Class Heroes and, you know, that stuff like that. And then obviously, you know, some of the UK stuff, um, like, what's them guys, man? I forgot them. Friendly Fires and, you know, the Klaxons, Mike Snow. Like, 
And it's even obviously living in Essex as well, being in college, so chilling with like the emos. You were chilling with emos, no way. Yeah, yeah, like, but like, because I, 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 I used to chill with like the, the popular kids, innit? I didn't like them because one, they were just, they were mean, innit? And being the only black person around them, like, you're like, nah, man, like, I'm not a victim, do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, they weren't racist or anything, or maybe overtly racist, maybe racism was making them be mean or whatever, innit? Mm-hmm. But I didn't really like being around them after a while. So like the I was I was in higher sets, like not even higher sets, like mid, mid, mid high sets, like set four, three and four, not the top two elite ones, in it. So step threes and fours had some of the emos and the scene kids. So like I'll be like, you know what, like I'll be chilling with them for a bit, and they'll be telling me some songs like, okay, cool, that like, fool that like, boy and that, yeah, cool. <laughs> you know, and then computer games, computer games will put you on, like FIFA, need to speed. So yeah, man. But I don't know. Drumming didn't really put me on the rock phase because I, I wasn't drumming then. But I only started drumming like 2012, 13. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't. It was not. It wasn't that p- pivotal to your music yeah, taste. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't still. But like, because drum is 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 massive in Nigeria, isn't it? Like especially Yoruba culture. It's that massive. So like, I was definitely inspired by just seeing the sick drummers in church and sick dramas and like music videos of like or just hearing them you know what I mean like sick 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 dramas and you know what it's not I've, I've realized with no signal it's not just about the music like you host a lot of political discussions for example and SARS you had um yeah. Sion Kuti on and you have a face the facts feature so when was that intentional did you always want to sort of branch out into culture as well yeah for sure Back, back in 2017, like a panel event, and um, just had that, you know, people talking about what, what it could mean if we had a label or Tory government, blah, blah. It was cool. So then again, the second general election, 2019, we did another face the fact, like a radio version, did it with Scully. Um, like, it was like, okay, it's cool. And then obviously when NTAS happened, it was like, you know what, there's a space for this one, no signal. Going to turn, obviously, make it a proper long-running show. And it was just, it was just needed, didn't it? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's obviously a lot of platforms already, a lot of YouTube channels and that, but just for our community of like listeners, for no signal, it would be nice to offer it to them as well because not here to change the game, just here to serve a group of people in it and then obviously grow that group of people and then see how we can change the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the aim of the game first is just to, like, you know, just serve a group of people and then we go from there, really. But yeah, like, I think um, it was it was always part of the agenda because even as a group of like friends, like, we always we always have these conversations anyway. You know, so it was just would have been good to have that have those conversations outside and people to participate. So. I I I love the fact that you have those kind of conversations because it fosters more of a community because we can come mm. together and like talk about the things that maybe we're discussing on Twitter anyway. And mm. we touched a lot of, about the music side of um, No Signal, but I, I really want to touch on the importance of community because I feel like No Signal has kept like, black people in the UK sane during this lockdown. Mm. I think yeah. it's in a time where we've been more isolated than ever, you've managed to make us feel like, like we all belong. And thank you for basically saving our mental health. Um, oh, thank <laughs> you, bro. Did you ever expect to have such an, a big impact on um, the black community? And what... Where when did you really realize that whoa like this is important not this is like bigger than just like a station this is like actually um 
this is like vital this is pe- keeping people alive um we didn't really expect it to do that we just wanted to like you know entertain the people that we already interacted with via recess you know what i mean always wanted to have like a piece of content that would be like you know people can enjoy real time and talk about real time so i, I really love the concept of people watching or listening for content at the same time on Twitter. But never expected the magnitude, didn't it? Um, it's, but it's only recently where I realised how, uh, what we really are in this space and how important it is. You know what I mean? Because we're not, what we're doing isn't brand new in terms of what we're doing today and what we've been doing for the past six months in terms of just radio and producing content. You know what I mean? At 10 v 10 and lockdown together was just a catalyst for that you know because and we had to make the right decisions in order for us to be where we are today because we could have you know had the success of 10 v 10 but then also might have made the wrong decision and then would have been forgotten but you know we thank god that we are we made the right decision we're still here today because the mission isn't 10 v 10 you know what i mean the mission is more like okay it's like having just having space but like we're in the middle you know what I'm saying of two of two groups of people, people that work in the creative space and people that are consumers of the creative content. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we we by working with the people in the, the people in the creative space, we're able to give something to people that will consume the, the creative content. And our space, there are spaces like ours where it's mostly black people or fully black people that work in that space, but it's not enough. Do you know what I'm saying? In the grand scheme of things. It's not enough. Like a lot of the spaces are like in a lot of the, the, the firms or bodies in the black space, some of them are like, you know, they're white people, do you know what I mean? There's agencies, production companies, channels, you know. And obviously we're in the West, so it's like yo, like you know, we're gonna have we're gonna have to operate around, you know, the the construct that's helped built here, you know what I mean? We have to work over like with with the resources that are here that are like you know owned by non-black people but at the same time you still need to have spaces that are like protecting like spaces that are safe for black people to work with you know what i'm saying and not just safe from you know maybe the white gays or just you know just microaggressions also safe for just people as as a human being as well do you know what i mean like as say for women, do you know what I mean? All of that. So it's like we only understood that a couple of weeks ago. Like yo, like just by just just by peeping and understand the whole game. So it's definitely difficult because you know a lot of black initiatives aren't funded like non-black initiatives, you know, or. That's why a lot of black people work for free or work for less or do stuff they don't want to do in the creative space because they get by. So it's it's um it's, it's I'm I'm glad we can add another brick to the to that infrastructure of, of you know black owned spaces because they do exist but then they need we need more in it. So we're happy that we can be another brick in that in that, in that foundation, but also wanna grow and build you know definitely and i think that you touched on the importance of like space and like spaces for black people which is so so important and that's something that keeps coming up as well in discussions around um like black mental health and just well-being and 
um, we've partnered up obviously with Black Minds Matter on this project. And I, I wanted to ask yeah. you like, what, what specifically does Black Mental Health mean to you? For me, it's kind of understanding where you come from and the kind of pressure that you have, you know. Um, yeah, a lot of us are like, you know, we're black, but then some of us come our first generation, children of first, black children of black immigrants that came in the 80s. Some of us are like three generations deep where, you know, we, you know, are their, their great-grandparents or grandparents have been here since the 40s, 50s, 60s. So everyone has their own kind of like, their own their their own path and alongside that path their own kind of like uh, shortcomings shortfalls trauma drama all them things you know what I'm saying what affects one black person might not affect another black another black person you know uh, so I think for me black mental health is is kind of like it's it's obviously case by case you know uh, just to just re- just to repeat what I said like you know certain things that would I don't know if I had a friend, you know, she only got her, her residency three years ago. Mm. You know, she was only, she wasn't able to work, but she's 25. So imagine like, you know, your friend, she wasn't able to fly either. So imagine all your friends are flying out for an Afro nation or you're, they're going to be for, they're going wherever and you can't go. And then it's like, for, like that's obviously, that can affect someone's mental health, do you know what I'm saying? Did they feel as if like you're like I'm chained down, I can't move. But then as me, someone who um I've had the what's it called? I've had my residency for since I was a kid. It's like, yo, like that doesn't affect that wouldn't affect me, do you know what I mean? But what will affect my mental health could be something totally different where it's like, you know, on oh, time, like, you know, my parents are just going through it. You know what I mean? But it's like there's just so many strands, you know what I mean? And Obviously, you know, a lot of people, people like people like to blunt what what black people go through together. It's like all of you guys go through it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not true, but yeah, like those are two extreme examples. But I just feel like it's um for me, it's just like it's just, it's a case by case thing, and there's so many things that determine you know what could really hamper our mental health or what could really aid our mental health as well. No, I hear you. We're not a monolith. We're we're not a monolith. You can't just block it into to one it's, it's so true okay. um and you talked a lot about it's case by case by case um and it's like an, it's on individual terms how how have you like as an individual managed to maintain your own like mental health during this time this lockdown this quarantina it's been it's been long it's been hard um, um to be fair like you know i with, with the the brought the radio streams on no signal at first out I did it for myself, so I could just wake up in the morning and just play music to whoever wants to listen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I, I did that mostly for myself, and I found it very soothing because I had a little routine. Wake up 10 a.m. and then it's just two of my friends listening, we're vibing. You know what I'm saying? That was really nice. I can't lie, with all the 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 attention it garnered, especially 10v10, it became quite difficult. You know. And it was hard to escape because you're locked in. It's hard. Usually, my normal forms of escape is, you know, playing football, you know, just being outdoors, being with people. And it was hard to do that, you know. I had to develop new skills. I I invested in a game where it's like, it's a high-focus game where I'm building a city and managing a city. So I I had to get into my 
use my brain strategically, you know. Oh wow, is that like um, on? Is that on PlayStation or? It was on. It was on my Mac, so it's a bit like Sims, but um, yeah, it's just a city building game. So it really helped a lot for me because it meant that I could just be chilling, disconnected from whatever's happened on the internet for like a good three, four hours, and I'm just like you know making sure like the water pipes are built and the electric electrical lines are built. There's enough electricity coming to the city. The roads are well planned you know what i'm saying there's so many small details i'm trying to grow this city what's it called it's called city skyline city skylines yeah i might need to check that out it sounds quite therapeutic and like you're in it it sounds like you're in control which is sometimes when you feel like most stressed because you you feel like you're losing control of things in your life Mm -hmm. exactly that so that 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 was that was really good for me during the lockdown and obviously when we was big when we was able to go out I like, like, you know, my brother had a bike, so I take the bike sometimes. But when I'm in, whenever I came to London, I would use a bike to cycle to certain places just to go from A to B. It's a short one because, you know, that just cycling, you feel it's just better than walking, especially with music in your ears. I would just start dancing with the bike. And it's just, it's just nice, man. You know what I mean? It's a nice. So nice. No, I, I hear you. I remember, um, I think I talked about it before as well, like on a different podcast, but the first lockdown i i was on i went on a bike ride for, i borrowed my flatmate's bike and um it was like a sunny day and i started crying <laughs> I, I fully started i was like fully cycling to some park and i started bawling my eyes out but it was like tears of joy and i remember calling my sister and i was like oh my god like i am <laughs> i'm so overwhelmed because this is the first time for like two years where I've actually gone somewhere because I wanted to go there, not because it was like a work thing or because I'm, oh, wow. yeah, I'm going to studio or because, you know, every or I'm going to meet someone. Like this is the first time I thought, let me cycle somewhere because I just have some time to do something fun. And I fully yeah, started crying. So yeah, I got so emotional. And it was just like that moment. I was like, yeah, I need to start going on bike rides more and just like enjoying life. Um, and yeah. having balance honestly the, the, the bike ride I've got a little bike now as well it's just it's such a nice little option to have man honestly it's so true do you do you find that um your relationship with like social media has changed as well during this time 100% um there was a period where I felt like I was always fighting people online and uh again when when that whole 10v10 blew up was always like you're reading like thousands of opinions you know what I'm saying like it's at 11 30 and you're seeing like all these mad opinions sometimes but like when they're good they're great but when they're bad they're really bad you know and like something you're not used to never been used to because I've never really been like like cooked heavy do you know what I'm saying I've had people laugh whatever but never been cooked when you're seeing all these things of people cooking what you've made you're like Damn, doesn't need to be like this, you know. It's crazy, and you just start just replying to people when you're getting vexed and stuff. So I remember even certain decisions you make, people criticizing you. You like you don't understand. Why don't you understand? You know what I mean? Like like when we dropped the GoFundMe, you know, I felt like I was fighting. I had to fight people back. You know, I had to write like a twenty tweet thread. But I don't know. I think it was good that cancelled my Twitter account because in July. My account just got suspended for a month. Really? Yeah, and I was—I can't lie—I was at peace, man. <laughs> that month, oh my gosh, no negative opinions. I was like, I don't need this app no more. Yeah. You know. You were like Wiley. 
Yeah, exactly. I was just like, you know what? Yeah, like, um, I'm not going to take what people say on here as gospel because people are fickle. You know what I mean? And I'm just, if, if something just, I'm, I'm not a masochist in it, so I'm not going to re- just read bad opinions or look for bad opinions no more. It took a while, but like, today it doesn't affect me, but it just took such a long while for me to adjust to that. So, but I definitely use it less because, and I don't try to engage with any that mess that happens online in terms of like, it's a controversial topic because, man, like, I really got to protect that, my health, man. I don't know how people can commit themselves to it, commit themselves to doing that. For example, even like Clubhouse, when people leave them out in Clubhouse, I, just, I don't know how you can do that, man. You love, you love pain. It's a lot, it's, um, you've got to protect your peace at the end of the day because I don't, like, I would really want to know, like, the process of actually, I guess you kind of let go of the perceptions of people had of you or let go of, like, that, um, the need to, like, care about what people thought and, like, how, how does, how does that look like? Because I know a lot of, a lot of artists, a lot of people in, you know, the public eye anyway, like, talk about, you know, just actually not caring, but how, how does that work? It sounds it sounds like easier than than it's done. Hundred percent, and I'd be lying if I said if I said I hundred percent don't care. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not fully hundred percent, but it's definitely something that's so difficult. Um, so like it's taken almost a year for me to be like, you know, I'm just not gonna read this. But at the same time, like I might read I might read a certain thing wrong and want to react to it. You get me, like. Mm. It's 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 difficult, and I always like you know I pity artists because like I wonder how they do it, mm. you know like music like musicians and and even footballers you know like it is a lot. It's not healthy. It's like the way people use social media is, is not healthy right now. Um, it's scary. It is scary. People forget. People see just a a static image and you know like a placeholder text with their name with the person's name and a bio. You know what I'm saying? And they think it's not a real human being behind it, but it is. You know what I'm saying? The person has to read that, you know? There was a day where the person handling our social was like, yo, can I just take a day off because the abuse has been too much today? Mm-hmm. You know? And what's the abuse for? Like, the abuse is never... It's, it's, it's about, okay, the show, the song's going to show a selected wrong or whatever. You know? So um, I think it's, it's it's really difficult to not care because, but like, you have to force yourself, and unfortunately, the only way you get, the only way you get stronger is, is by being, is by being hurt. You know what I mean? The only way you get stronger is by being, um, being, you know, like hit. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're being hit and hit, and you're just kind of like taking it eventually, and just becoming stronger from that. Pain, boy, no pain, no gain. You know? No, no pain, no gain. No, I hear you, and I think a lot of that, like when I've like read books and um, looked into like the the art of like confidence and stuff, it talks a lot about people's perceptions and um, like strength being like the true form of strength being like self knowledge and self power. So I wonder if like knowing yourself better, like kind of makes you not oblivious or like it, it kind of like it, you don't really care about what people think because you're so comfortable in who you are and you know the vision and you know like the process and what people say doesn't really affect you because you're so self-aware and like confident in who you are and what you're bringing to the table and your values and principles as a person yeah for sure even though itself is a process you know 
knowing yourself yeah that's yeah. that's the yeah, process yeah. <laughs> imposter syndrome be kicking asses these days man oh yeah even for you yeah sometimes you know because that's not a radio dude i have no experience in radio you know so i'm coming to this radio game like you, I feel like an imposter, you know. I don't want to feel like if I'm taking some space, some space, and I'm underqualified, you know. But I know how to curate and program, you know what I mean. So all that stuff, like, we'll get the right people who know about radio to handle that to technical radio side. We're not arrogant enough to not know to, to not to not know, to know not to do that. Do you know what I mean? No, I hear what you're saying. And how how do you overcome that imposter syndrome then? Because it's as you said, like um. You 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 feel like you don't want to be taking someone's space, but I guess it's 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 not really like you're taking anyone's space because you're creating a space for yourself, right? Mm. I think rinse and repeat, you know, like for example, um, photography. You know, I'm probably not a go-to person for um, say the artist needs to be shot or whatever, like shooting for a magazine. But if it comes to I found my niche, you know what I'm saying? My niche was just documenting the mundane stuff, the everyday stuff. I know even I'm a tall person, I still know how to make myself discreet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, so it's like, it took me a while to understand that and understand that there's actually power in like, you know, in not having to post for now or to create for now. There's also like scope to create for later you know what I'm saying and that helped overcome imposter syndrome with photography I know for me personally but obviously that's very specific to that to that thing but generally speaking I think it's just kind of like you know you have to keep doing the thing until you believe that you are doing this thing until you believe that you are what you say you are you know what I'm saying that you can't do something one time and be like yeah I am this but Okay, do it again. You still feel like it, and keep doing it again until you feel like you really are. Until you can talk, like with like eloquently or like you know in detail about your whole processes, your decision making, your inspiration, everything. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if you can't do any of those, then you're just either regurgitating someone's content, or you know making shit up. You know what I'm saying? But that's that's my opinion anyway you know what I mean? that's how I see it self-belief no I think that's that is definitely the common like denominator amongst like all successful people I think in any field is that that self-belief to to keep going yeah. because you know when you believe in yourself you don't give up because you just know that something else will happen even if a door closes yeah. so I think that's that's proper key and um it's just, it just sounds like you are someone who's who's very like well-versed and like believing in themselves. Like I know even just as your, um, in your career as like a graphic designer, you're self-taught at 13, right? So it's, yeah. you didn't, you didn't take that like, professional course that like, you, ha- you went and taught yourself and you believed in yeah. yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's right. Still. <laughs> <laughs> how, yeah. how, how then like for someone who might be listening um, in and wants to start their own creative career, like, how, what advice would you have for them as someone who has obviously taken that initiative themselves? Like, what would you say are the steps in, like, creating your own creative career? Um, I think you have to understand your why. 
you know what I'm saying? Like, why you're doing it. Like, and you can be as honest, or it's important to be as honest as possible. Like, and if, you, if you're if you wise, like, you want to be famous, then so be it, bro. It's valid, you know what I'm saying? If you, I think with, uh, probably got into, into a time, or if not, they're ready, where people are going to be saying, yeah, I want to do this for the black community, blah, 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 which is obviously noble, but it's not a vehicle for, like, you know, stardom or, like, you know, like, become famous and well-known because there's loads of people doing that shit for free. There's loads of people doing that stuff, like, and you don't even see them. They're not making a song and dance because they're in the field for real. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you got to know your why, why you want to do this and be honest with your why. But, don't kind of like put a, fa- a facade to, to kind of like strengthen your why or to embellish why you're doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to be honest with yourself. You know what I'm saying? So know your know why you're doing it, but also be honest with it. You know what I mean? Because honesty and sincerity will get you far. Because if you're honest with it, you know everything but through the back of your hand, like the back of your hand, and you will, you will, if you're honest, it will show for your practice. You know what I'm saying? You won't need to cap. You know what I mean? So I feel like that don't cap. That is my advice. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't be a capper. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> capper, no capping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't be a capper, but obviously know why you're doing it. You know what I mean? It's like, true. Because when you're honest, your, your authenticity speaks for itself. Exactly. What is your why? My why is creating space for myself and my friends and all the people I like around me because there are certain things that are missing and it's like, why are they missing? You know what I'm saying? They should be here the whole time. But I guess maybe they were there and they're gone. Or maybe they're there and they're not for us. Maybe maybe not there at all. But my wife's also to have fun and to bring my ideas to life. As a kid, had so many ideas, you know. I used to like, you know, just do those of random stuff as a kid. Uh, thinking of so many ideas, you know, fake record labels and, you know, fake football teams and, you know, fake cartoons, all them things. You know what I mean? Just bringing them to life because it's got to be fun. So, right now, my wife is just being able to bring my ideas to life so they can, like, you know, have some kind of impact in the world or the or the community like my world whether it's my people close to me or people privy to me or anything you know what I mean I absolutely love that for you and I hope that you can bring all your ideas to life um, and I have no doubt God willing that that will happen so I just want to thank you for your time yeah. and joining me on this interview um, where can people find you where can people stay up to date with all the work that you're doing and all the ideas you're bringing to life uh, you can catch me on Instagram J-O-J-O-L-D-N same with Twitter as well but you know Twitter's Twitter and I'm just mostly memes there and maybe odd thread about you know something but Instagram is where it's at. Trying to be on Instagram now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on Thank and have a lovely rest of your day. You too. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to RA's Exchange with Jojo Shonaby and Vanessa Maria. Black Minds Matter are currently looking for 21,000 long-term donors who are able to donate £5 a month. With your support, they can take real steps towards achieving their goal of creating a lasting impact on the face of black mental health. There are links in the description of this podcast if you're able to help. I will be back next week with a new episode of The Exchange for you. Until then, our full archive is available for you to take in. And if you find something that you love, please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts as it helps get our stories to more ears. Thank you.